This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Joined by 2005 Texas National Champion, Pro Bowl safety with the Tennessee Titans, and analyst with the Longhorn Network and soon-to-be reality TV star, the one and only Michael Griffin. Griff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey, man. I'm doing great. Um, before we get into to football, I mentioned soon-to-be reality TV star. So uh-huh. tell us the latest on, on the reality uh, TV show involving you and Rack. Me, Rack, and my other business partner, Brian Henson, um, we shot a reality TV show back in June, um, six-episode show um, about our families and life at uh, Gigi's Cupcakes, and um, it will be airing the first quarter of next year, so it'll be coming out very soon, um, but very excited. Another opportunity for us to continue to um, just pursue our careers and things after football, but um it involves our families, different storylines and things of that nature, everyday life that what we're going through. I love that. Love that. I mean, Michael Griffin, man's unstoppable. I mean, um, Griff, I, I love getting your opinion on Texas football. And we got the, the regular season mm-hmm. wrapped up eight and four. And a year ago, uh, we talked to you about this time and it was you know, it was a frustrating time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to get your take and I'll start with the defense because that was one of the better storylines for the Longhorns this year, especially the way they played the last four ball games. But um, give me your thoughts on, on the, the Texas defense and what you saw in 2022. Well, you know, the biggest thing was, you know, the points. I mean, points allowed. That was the biggest thing. I think they was uh, averaging around 20 points, uh, giving up 20 points a game, which I think is the best since 2009. And we all know 2009 was the time that Texas went to the national championship. But um, they each and every week they gave the the, the team the opportunity to win ball games, uh, especially in the Big 12, knowing it's a high-scoring uh, conference. But to see that they got better each and every week, to see that the Alabama game was not a fluke, to see that the Texas Tech game was just a one-offer. Um, they continued to show up each and every week. The biggest thing I love was they had depth. You started seeing other guys making plays. Um, you seen some people get banged up. You was able to see guys like Brooks and guys like Taff and 
the, and the list just continues. Gilbo, the list continues just to go on of guys coming in and making plays and being able just to see that, you know, PK just put the best players on the field. And in the past, that's what you saw. The Texas was able to win a lot of ball games and have a really good defense when you just put the best players on the field. But um, you, you can just not say it enough on how much this defense turned it around. And um, the most surprising thing was turned around a lot of the same players that were around when they were one of the worst defenses in Texas history. So just to see that a lot of guys bought in, they enjoyed it. They played with um, a lot of uh, emotions. They played very physical. You didn't see the big plays. I think they only allowed 100 yard rusher and that was versus uh, TCU. But outside, they did a phenomenal job. The guys up front, um, Bo Davis and in the, the defensive lineman, uh, Moro Jomo, Keandre Coburn, Tavondre Sweat, um, Byron Murphy. What what stood out to you about maybe the way they played last year compared to the way they played this year? Well, the biggest thing is I think you say with Coburn. Coburn has been around the longest. Um, he was the guy that after his redshirt year, he was supposed to be the guy. Um, and then you just saw he kind of had a, a fall off somewhere in there. But to see that he came back for that that COVID year, had another year to play. And um, again, just to see it's the same guy that was out there, but he's actually playing differently. Um, he was playing like he had more edge to him. He was playing more consistent each and every week. I think the biggest play to solidify his career was the Kansas State play where he gets pressure, he knocks the ball out, sack, fumble, and game is over. But just to see what he, how he used to play and then how he plays now. Ojemo, I think you've seen a totally different player. Um, very, you know, polite, very respectful, very humble. Uh, doesn't seem like he has that attitude, but you just saw a whole different type of player this year. Um, Sweat continued to do what he's been doing. And again, it's just one of those things where you thought that there was going to be guys that were going to take over, but you can see that they had a stable of guys that can go out there and get it done, and they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, we're still kind of waiting on Alfred Collins. Hopefully next year it clicks for him like it did with the other guys because, as you mentioned earlier, there is depth. And if you were advised, Coburn can come back for another year. Um, Ojimo can come back for another year. They They walked obviously on senior day, but if you were advising those guys, would you advise them to, to come back or do you think they're ready to go to the league? You know, everybody's situation is different. Um, you know, you, you, you asked the question, but that is technically up to them to be honest with you, because um, as a coach, if you didn't feel like they fulfilled their, their, their duties at the university of Texas, they didn't live up to their potential. I could totally see, hey, come back another year and, and see what you can improve and get better. But to see from last year to this year, I think those guys played phenomenal. They played great. And, again, you would just ask them to do the same thing over again. But I think you got some younger guys that are waiting their opportunity. So um, if I was their coach, I would say that I really don't see much more that they could do. You just wish they would have did what they did this year a lot earlier, to be honest with you. Right, right. When you look at the defensive end position, Ovia Gofu move, moves on, but Baron Sorrell showed showed some stuff uh, this season. Flashes. Um, what what do you think of Baron Sorrell? I think the first game he showed he could play some ball. I think he he he's still working on raw talent. Um, 
but I think that will come. I think as they continue to play, as he continues to get more experience, um, a guy like, you know, Jalen Ford, you saw him last year, was little plays here and there, and then you saw the way what he did this year. I think Sorrell will be the same way. The more he plays, the more experience, the better he's going to get. So um, he showed a lot of promise this year. He showed what he can do. But now it's just going into the offseason, getting bigger, faster, stronger, and continue to work on that and be consistent and work on the things that he needs to improve on. Biggest thing I can tell is when he's supposed to hold the edge, he needs to hold the edge. Sometimes he gets a little greedy and that kind of screws the defense up. But outside of that, you can still see he has a great upside. Yeah, and then when you look, you mentioned the perimeter, the guys who, um, I mean, the, the tackle for loss leader on this defense was Jade Barron through – through 12 games, 13 tackles for loss. Um, you know, I'll, I'll move to the corner position uh, because Jade was playing some corner too. But, mm -hmm. you know, Ryan Watts, um, Jade Barron, Terrence Brooks with Deshaun Jameson moving on. What did you see from the from the corner position? Um, I would say Watts, you know, Watts surprised me playing that boundary position, um, you know, with some question marks being that, you know, I know Ohio State wanted him to play safety. Can he play that position? I think he did a phenomenal job to use his hands, his lengths. Um, you never saw him get beat. Um, definitely a for sure tackler. That was the most impressive thing. You normally look at DBs. You know, that's the one thing they don't want to do. But that's one thing he did a phenomenal job at doing. Um when I looked at Jade Barron, if I had to say who was the MVP of the secondary, I would have to go with him. Um, two touchdowns. I believe he had three turnovers the entire season, 13 tackles for loss. I call him a screen killer. And also, you know, I got to give a little bit of bias because he is from the Austin, Texas area. So, of course, you got to give those guys a lot of love. But I don't think you've seen anybody play that nickel position the way that he played that position in a long time. Um, very physical player can cover, had a knack for being around the ball, makes great tackles on running backs, uh, the screens, um, great in coverage. I, I'm really curious to see how they're going to use him. You know, Anthony Cook is going on to the, um, as a senior. Um, I wondered being how physical he is. Is he somebody that can move back to safety or is he somebody that you stay at nickel? Do you move him the corner? He's pretty much a Swiss Army knife. Looks like he can play a lot of different positions. Um, and we all know Cook was a former corner slash nickel that moved to safety, had a phenomenal year. This also um, Brooks, you could tell he has some things to learn. But when he did come in, he did some phenomenal job. The only thing he cannot get right is the quarters coverage and not knowing if he needs to stay on one or go to two. But uh, again, that comes with experience. Uh, but when you go to the safety position, I think Jaron Thompson really turned things around freshman year. When Caden Stearns got hurt, he had an opportunity to to come in and solidify yourself as a starter. But you saw last year uh, with Foster, Schooler, and things, you can kind of see that he kind of got lost in the shuffle. But uh, this year, I mean, it was night and day. I mean, he played phenomenal. Uh, there should have been some big runs, big touchdowns, uh, big deep passes. There should have been a lot of plays that this defense would have given up if he wasn't in the right position and also making the open field tackle. So I'm very excited to see him progress and be better. Uh, he's a very vocal leader, uh, but he wasn't walking the walk like he was talking to talk. But right now he is walking the walk like he's talking to talk. So they're excited to see where this group goes. Um, being that you have Jaron Thompson, Watts, um, you have Jade Barron, Brooks. You have a lot of guys that had a lot of experience this year, even Tav. And I'm very excited to see where that goes next year, being that they're going to be able to 
have a, a, a veteran group with young guys coming in behind them that can definitely be able to grow and be better in the future. Yeah, it seemed like that was um, if there was a weak spot and really just because you had Cook, you know, have his injury. Um, it seemed like there was some confusion at times, you know, like you said, with the quarters coverage. Um, the safety position with Jaron Thompson, if Cook's moving on, what would you like to see or or um have you heard anything about BJ Allen or you know Larry Turner Gooden or JD Coffee? Um, you know, you hear a lot of things, but again, it all comes back when they get on the field. Um again, you know how it is. Practice looks one way, the games look different. And just the way that that team played this year, the physical, I think it's it was uh contagious. You just saw how uh the Marvion Obershawn played, and then you saw how Ford played, and it just became contagious around them. So if they can continue to carry that torch, I think there's a standard that they set. And whoever the, the, the next get man up who gets the opportunity, which is why you asked that question. And I'm I'm really questioning because Tab, a preferred walk on redshirt freshman, he got a lot of playing time. And it seems like he got the memo when he comes in, take your shots. And he was a very physical player. And again, another awesome guy that, you know, LHN, they always smile. Why do you like the good, the good hoorah, great stories? I'm like, no, I like football players. And, with that being said, he was definitely a guy that came in, had an opportunity, and he showed why he was playing. He made some great tackles. You go back versus that Kansas State game um, where Cook was uh, a little banged up or whatnot and didn't start. Taft came in there and played a whole half. And, I mean, he was throwing his body around, should have had some – he literally – there were some opportunities there for him to have some interceptions this season. So, um, hopefully he can plus his game and start becoming a better player or whatnot. But – Again, coming as a redshirt freshman, Jaron Thompson, uh, um, you know, I believe he's a junior now or redshirt sophomore. I think he got some playing time due to his redshirt year. His redshirt year. But, um, again, I look at a secondary that kind of reminds me back in the day where I was a true freshman. Michael Huff was a redshirt sophomore. Um, you had Aaron Ross, Terrell Brown, true freshman, Cedric Griffin, redshirt sophomore. You had a little bit of leader, senior leadership when you had, you know, the Nathan Vasher and Dakari Pearson, but the rest of us were young and we were able to grow together. And by the time we were juniors and seniors, I mean, we were playing for a national title and ended up winning one. And then the following year, you had another Thorpe Award winner. So I can really see this younger group gelling together, working together and becoming a very elite group in the future. Well, you mentioned his name a couple times, Jalen Ford. I mean, this guy could be the big 12 defensive player of the year. Uh, his emergence, how much do you put the defense's overall improvement on his emergence in middle linebacker? You know what? I, I would have to say it all starts in the trenches. And that's why you go back to Coburn, you go back to Sweat, Ojimo, whoever it is up front. I think they allowed the linebackers to be able to just play. Um, they were taking on double teams. They were doing it all. And because of that, they were able to get a lot of things going from that linebacker position. Now, I'm not going to take away that. Jalen Ford did do some great things, um, having a knack for being around the ball, recovering fumbles, interceptions, um, doing a lot of great things. And he progressed and got better and better each and every week. But it goes back to, in my personal opinion, 
a guy that's been playing this way since he's been on the field. And I go back to DeMarion Overshone. Just the way that he plays, it's contagious. When you see the next man next to you, um, and I asked Derek Johnson this question. I said, let me ask you a question. Um, on air last week at LHN, I asked him Friday. I said, who was the players that you looked up to and the players that you felt that, you know, I can play this game, but they taught you how to play. You knew how to play this game. And he said, man, you got guys like Corey Redding, Quentin Jammer, and just all these guys that it was like contagious. Like you knew when you got on the field, I had to play a certain way. And he said, it just stuck with me. And I told him, I remember as a true freshman coming in and like seeing his highlights and seeing how he practiced and seeing how he played, it naturally told me that, all right, when you get in the game, you got to throw your body around and get to the ball and do everything else. So it becomes very contagious. And so I, I, I tip my hat off to DeMarvion Overshawn because despite the downs and the, 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 the gloomy days or whatever else at the University of Texas, he was one man that I can say that every time you turned on film, you was looking at zero, throwing his body around and just playing with a high intensity motor and just giving it his all for the team. And I think it just became very contagious throughout just that leadership that he brought very quiet from the country, middle of nowhere. But again, just the way he played, he just played with some type of edge that, that you can't coach it, but you can feed off of it. The pride of ARP in East Texas, DeMarvian Overshone. I'm going to miss his personality, man. That dude is hilarious. No um, question. No question. That uh, That's going to be hard to replace. Um, okay. The coaching, you know, you, you've played the game, you've, you know, you know what a position coach means, what a coordinator means, um, what having a guy like Gary Patterson doing the advanced scout on the opponents mean. I mean, that TCU game, I felt like Gary Patterson knew exactly what, or, or it felt like Texas knew exactly what was coming. You couldn't help, but wonder if, if Gary Patterson had, you know, put together some kind of master. Uh, game plan, but just give me your thought on maybe where the coaches were a year ago. And, you know, it takes time for them to get together and gel and get on the same page. And, um, you know, talk about the job you thought the, the coaches did. The coaches did a phenomenal job. I mean, you go to the deep inside of the ball and just being able, like Bo Davis, being able to turn those same group of young men into some, some tough, nasty uh, defense alignment that can get after it. Um, the linebackers got better um, and just seeing that, you know, and, and then the, the biggest thing that I would really have to say, and you have to tip your hats off is to the strength and conditioning coaches. I think this is one of those seasons where you didn't have a lot of injuries um, like you had in the past. And um, you, you really got to applaud, like, cause again, it, it started in the off season and you could just see how much better, uh they they just their speed their physical the, the way they play physical their explosiveness um just all that together so you got to give applause to the strength and conditioning coaches but um deep inside the ball i mean they got these guys ready to play i mean they knew exactly what they was going to do they had a lot of different packages you had packages where demarion overshone was on the line of scrimmage uh, Jalen Ford was on the, um, on the line of scrimmage. Uh, you saw Tucker coming in at the linebacker position. 
you just saw they had a lot of different things that they had that I don't think you saw in the past. So um, deep inside the ball, I got to say, you got to give them an A. I mean, you you went from giving up 40 plus whatever it was. I mean, we saw some crazy games to now you seeing them able to get turnovers. Um, some you didn't see get sacks, get pressures, uh, tackle for losses. Uh I mean, you go back to the Kansas State game and Iowa State game. I mean, the guys never gave up. And yeah. and even the TCU game, that defense side of the ball never gave up. They never sweated. The, the Alabama game, they never gave up. And I think that was something in the past you would see from the, the, the team giving up. And that's the one thing you didn't see. These guys – Never quit on a team. You didn't see no off the field issues and things going on. So I got to give A plus to the coaching staff on just the way they handled all the adversity from last year um, to this year, the ups, the downs, and everything else. Everything went as smooth as you can ask for it to be for a football team. All right, we'll take a quick break. Talking to Michael Griffin, 2005 Texas National Champion, uh, former Pro Bowl safety with the Tennessee Titans. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Michael, you kind of hit on it. Uh, the culture um, was improved from a year ago. I thought it was one of the big improvements. And that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, you tell me. That locker room, that togetherness, like you said, stuff, you know, no stuff happening off the field. And what did you make of it? What what did you see? I mean, the biggest thing you realize is that they always share their love for one another. Um, I mean, just just the atmosphere, the 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 togetherness. Uh, you just seen it. You could just seen like they were. And again, I, I said this years ago, you know, when when you're winning, it makes everything a lot easier and everybody's a lot happier. But even when they face adversity this year, you can saw they still stuck together. Um, and, and, and you got to give credit to Sark on the aspect of how he just handled. The, I mean, we all know this Texas job is not the easiest. The expectations is championship every year. Um, but the way he handled it, um, the quarterback situation, the, having Bijan, but also still having Roshan, uh, the receivers and, and getting Xavier Worthy the ball. I mean, again, he did a phenomenal job of trying to make everybody happy, but at the same time winning ball games. Um, and, and I think the most, the, the, the biggest thing that I think, and it's the hardest thing to do is that yours was your guy. And you chose yours, but you managed to handle all the outside noise. And I think Hudson Carter and yours did a phenomenal job of just stick to, sticking together as a team. And just that whole situation, you know, struggles come. And I always say that second year for any quarterback is always going to be better than that first year. Just the aspect of it's hard. It's hard to play that position. The speed of the game is very quickly. Um, 
and again, it's not understand. Like he's technically a true freshman because he foregoed his senior year to go to Ohio State for the you know whatever it was NIL, whatever it is that he did. That's his personal business, but he didn't play. He did not play his junior year. He got banged up and he got hurt. And then you went from, you know, you 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 you're you're still trying to one learn your teammates, learn a whole new system, a new city dormitory every it's a lot of new things that gets on somebody's plate and he's still a young man so understand that to say the next year i'm definitely seeing him to be able to work with his receivers um game ownership of the team the offensive side of the ball and be able to take ownership and have it as his own i think that's where you see the progression come um and let's not to mention it wasn't as if he had a senior a, a seniority type quarterback in front of him in ohio state he had a young guy there too great quarterback but still a young guy that's learning the game so it's not like he was underneath somebody to learn the game and and that's when you look at really good quarterbacks um they get an opportunity to learn from somebody in front of them but at the time you go to a school you're competing with cj shroud but he wins the job and now you're trying to figure this whole thing out, but he's figuring it out. So y'all are figuring it out together as, you know, teammates. So um, I think the coaches did a phenomenal job and with, with everything collectively together and just putting this team in the right situation to, to win a lot of ball games. And, you know, it could have went either way. I mean, they ate one, eight games, but it could be a nine, nine, 10, uh 11 wins or it can be vice versa i mean there were some times there where you know iowa state's driving the ball kansas state's driving the ball um there was some opportunities there where it could have got ugly so it could have went either way but again they found a way to get over the hump yeah they learned how to to win on the road in true road games this year they learned how to finish games even the baylor game they lost the lead there at the 13 30 mark of the fourth quarter uh, with the the strip sack scoop and score, um, yep. but then they bowed up and played phenomenal, dominated defense, offense, dominated the the final thirteen minutes of that that Baylor game. I, I want to stay on the quarterback for a second, Griff, because that you know obviously the Oklahoma State game to me was the one that got away because they were running the ball well enough to win that game and they didn't run it enough in my opinion, but, uh, and yours really struggled <clears throat> the wind, the jammed finger, whatever. Uh, that was a tough one. His confidence seemed, I thought it was having to deal with the three high safety look of Iowa state, you know, slowed him down a little bit. Bijan and, and Rojo kind of carried the, the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, you know, like you said, he didn't play that much in high school. Uh, he had to see that three high safety look. He struggled. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He struggled and, and Sark stuck by him. How do you think that will pay dividends going forward? I think the thing is when you, when you got that one, Sark's the head coach, but two, he's the offensive coordinator. And as long as the coordinator believes in you and you believe in that coordinator, it's going to work hand in hand. Um, you know, you can piggyback ideas off one another. Um, I go back to that game, and that was – and the thing is, and I have this debate all the time on LHN. I, I have this debate. And 
the debate, and I even asked RG3 when he came on the show, and I said, does, does making, does having receivers help you at the quarterback position? And he's like, what do you mean? And we all know RG3 won the Heisman, but who was his three receivers? They were all first rounders. One was in the supplemental draft, but they were first round wide receivers. Not to mention a good running back also. So when you have help around you, it makes the job a lot easier. And especially for young quarterbacks, you can go back to even Colt McCoy. You can go back to um, Vince Young, His, their, their early years. Uh, Vince had Roy Williams and Sloan Thomas and B.J. Johnson. Colt McCoy, when he first started, you had a polished group of receivers that just won a national championship. Lyman Sweet, Billy Pittman, um, Jordan Shipley, Quan Cosby. And two of those receivers went on to have great careers and go back to another national championship. So um, my thing is, and when I look at the Texas team, if you really said going into the season, the weakness was the secondary. But now looking at it, to me, the weakness was the receivers. And I only say that because once you took away the deep threat of Xavier Worthy, then what did you have? Yes, you had Whittington run your bubble screens or your over routes. You, JT Sanders is a young guy. That receiving core was still young. You know, um, Xavier Worthy is a second year guy. I think he's finished with 600 and some yards receiving. I think it was however many touchdowns he had this season. But um, nine. Winnington, you know, he showed face here and there. But again, and then JT Sanders, again, this is his first year. He's a very sure freshman. And he's playing a position that he's still learning. So um outside of that we saw casey kane a little bit i think they completed one ball i think he has one catch and i think it was the first game in the season when he caught a now route made the corner miss and then he ran and got caught from behind but outside of tariq milton i think he caught two balls this year um savion red. red i think caught maybe one or two uh tell me i mean i yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. don't know. I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, you go to these other quarterbacks and things in that nature, you you see other guys. And if I had to ask, my biggest thing, I think Nayar was really a big hit when he got injured. I really think it was I because I think it was it was they were riding on the fact of having Xavier Worthy and Nayar with Whittington playing the slot and a little bit of JT Sanders. When Nayar got hurt, it was still trying to find who that other outside receiver was. And now you start trying to put Xavier Worthy in positions to get the ball. But it was pretty easy when I got three high safety look to say, run something else. Because you're not going deep when we got three people back here waiting on you. Yeah. And so uh, – I think it was – I'm not going to put it all on the quarterback. I'm going to put it – like it, it it falls on the quarterback, but at the same time it, it goes along with I think the receiving, receiving court was not the strongest 
when it comes to this team. I think that is their weak point. I think the receivers was definitely the weakest point when it came to this team. Would you tell Whittington to come back? I, I would tell Whittington to come back. I'm happy that he was able to finish out a whole year. Um, but I think he he because this was his first year, I think he has a lot more in his tank. I think he has not scratched the surface because, again, in the past, he was fighting injuries, trying to get back on the field. Then when he got back on the field, he's trying to get, you know, get back into the rhythm of things. And then he might get banged up again. So if it was me personally, I would say definitely it'll be a, it will be a, a great opportunity with a quarterback the second year starting. Um, but at the same time, you have Xavier Worthy, you have Whittington, you have JT Sanders, and I'm sure you'll have Nayor coming back. So I think it would be, be it would be better things in the future if he did come back. I think it would look solidifying, and whoever is going to play that third that that slot position, I think would definitely benefit with Nayor coming back. But not to mention a, a second year quarterback and a and a veteran uh, offensive line is going to be a lot better with the experience that they had this year. That's what I was going to ask you. What, um, you know, what excites you most that this offense will take the next step? I mean, the biggest thing is the fact I think the quarterback, and I say that because I think we can all say that everything that we were questioning Hudson Card about last year, he answered every single one of those questions. We just got really excited off the first quarter of football versus Alabama, and. You know, it's the Texas effect. You know, if he would have played, we would have won that game. There's no telling what would have happened, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he could have threw an interception and returned for a touchdown. Now what? I mean, uh, but again, I, I, I say to say that to say, you know, you lose the Tech, but Hudson Carr still threw for 300 yards and still gave you opportunity to go to overtime. Um, even the Alabama game, he came in. He drove the ball down the field and got a field goal. If he didn't get sacked, which wasn't his fault, but doesn't get sacked, does he score a touchdown? Don't know. Or do you cause Alabama to lose, use that last timeout, kick a field goal, and now they got to drive? They only had one timeout left. So um, that, and then you can go back versus West Virginia. I think he played his best game you ever seen. I mean, he was no throwing it and chunking it everywhere over the place. So – using this athletic ability. And again, let's not mention, both quarterbacks were banged up. One just had the shoulder, the other one had the ankle. But again, that's the one thing we can say about Hudson. He will play through pain. He will fight. I think he answered a lot of questions that we were questioning last year. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we just didn't get to see it because yours was the guy. But um, again, if, if I'm a receiver, that's what excites me more is that when you look at that first year to that second year, it's a completely different quarterback. And I think that's what excites me because the game slows down for him that much more. And I think that's what would allow him to, to come in and allow this offense to be that much better because, one, you're comfortable with the school. You go through spring ball as a starter. Um, two, you get in the pro weight room program. You're older. You're more mature. You understand who your receivers are. If you got more receivers coming in in the spring, you work with all of them, and then you hit play spring game, then you go to the offseason, you continue to work. I mean, you literally got eight months of just grinding it out and getting so much better. When you look at Hudson Card, 
he's got two years of eligibility left um at least i don't know you throw in the COVID, he might have three but um you think he i mean we saw oklahoma state their backup quarterback shane illingworth transferred to nevada they had nothing behind spencer sanders i mean hudson card is a valuable commodity you know what uh you think there's any chance he comes back honestly i think he's gone i think i i just i get honestly and i wouldn't be shocked to see it, it, it almost somewhat like last year when sark said that his roster would change i wouldn't be surprised if that quarterback room shrinks a little bit yeah I mean, you got malik you got hudson you got yours you got arch coming in you got charles right you got five receivers that's going to be on five quarterbacks that's going to be on scholarship yeah i, I don't it <laughs> who <laughs> right I, i'm lost i don't know how this is supposed to operate and how this is supposed to work so um i don't know i i, I can see guys trying to find another opportunity just because because he he balled out he balled I out mean, i mean i just i mean there's going to be quarterbacks knocking at hudson's door let's yeah. just say that there's going to be i mean not quarterbacks there's going to be coaches and teams knocking at his door yeah I mean, he was the highly sought after quarterback after Sam. And then unfortunately, you know, the Casey, you know, he, he struggled his red shirt year. Um, second game versus Arkansas. He came back last year, I believe it was was it Iowa State or West Virginia, where it was like, oh, okay, he's starting to show a little something. Yeah. Iowa State, he he, you know, was in there. He was in there for West, oh, West Virginia, right. Right. West yeah. Virginia. He, Threw the ball and he was Better. like, okay. And that's why I became a a Hudson fan. Cause I'm like, I told y'all like that second year, he's gonna be ready to go. And he looked good this year. He did. Yeah, he, he did. Was, was oh his guy. God. So West Virginia game, he was unbelievable. Yeah. So um I think there's gonna be, you know, this gonna have some suitors knocking at his door and see if that's the the, the is that gonna be the route he takes. Um, you still got Malik. I'm, I'm questioning. We haven't even seen him. I mean, right. But again, he was a highly sought after quarterback, also. So, um, that's going to be the, really the biggest, the biggest question. Not to mention, um, looking at this year's draft, you see there's a lot of potential quarterbacks that's going to be going pretty early. So, um, can definitely see some of these guys getting shots at other places yeah i mean Bijan robinson roshan johnson uh, i'll just say go for you Ah, uh, no question no question i mean i know Bijan get a lot of love uh very talented back um but i tell people all the time if roshan went somewhere else we would have been trying to figure out who was the best two running backs in the country that's just how i really totally feel um I think Roshan, being the fact that he came in as a quarterback, he got better and better and better every year. And the fact that he never got lost in the shuffle. Um, we 
I think people don't understand how much adversity that he battled, but it only made him that much tougher and that much stronger. Um, you know, Keontae Ingram was in front of him. And then, you know, there was other backs. Winnington was supposed to be a starter in front of him. I mean, there was a lot of guys that he had to battle with to get some playing time. And again, he he's he's gonna definitely be playing on some on Sundays. Um I, if you ask me to predict fourth round, fourth, fifth round pick easily. When you look at um you know the guys coming back, uh Jonathan Brooks, Keelan Robinson, I'll just those two because you actually saw a decent sample size. How do you and then you know Cedric Baxter is supposed to be coming in as a freshman? Uh, your thoughts on the Texas running game? You know, I think it's going to be better. Um, nothing to take away from Bijan Roshan, but again, you go back to that offensive line. They're going to be gelling, hanging out all off season, bigger, faster, stronger, more explosive, understand the game, get the confidence with the running backs. But I can really see the offense taking off, being a lot better. Um, Offensive line getting a good push to get to the second and third level. Um, you saw this year, Bijan Roshan, even though they're getting the ball and getting hit in the backfield, but they're still able to make positive runs. But I think next year, the the, the younger guys that are going to be blocking up front will understand the game. Yours or whoever's starting the quarterback, another year in the same system, understand it, get it going. Um, the younger receivers, older um, understanding, having more, being more comfortable. But again, this this Texas team is really pretty young, to be honest with you. Um, really young. I mean, I think you're going to be losing, I think on the offensive side of the ball, of course, you're two running backs, one offensive lineman, uh, defense side of the ball, a couple of interior guys, one linebacker, one corner, one safety. It's a lot of guys coming back next year. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, and, and we'll wind it down. If you had to give an MVP on the defense for the regular season, who'd you give it to? Oh, most valuable player would have to go to – if I really had to – if I really had to, despite – and, and I don't – naturally, it's Jalen Ford because of all the statistics and everything else. But if you really dig deep and you really look into it or whatever, I would really say um, – I, re I, really, I really, 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 really did like Jaron Thompson this year. I really okay. did. I really no no take that back. If I had to go really MVP, I would go with Jade Baron. Jade Baron. I would go to Jade Baron. I mean, it got to the point that towards the end of the season, he was really exciting to watch because he was doing, especially if you go back to that um that TCU game. You go oh. back to that that TCU game. I mean, for loss. He was all over that bubble screen. 
I mean, he almost won the damn game. And he put the team back in the game himself. Yeah. And so he dropped I, two pick sixes in the last two he games. Have, he should have had one the first play of the game versus uh, was Kansas. It Kansas. First play of the game should have been a pick six. And he had a walk-in pick six and against Baylor. And, and the thing that I liked most was him and Gilbo were sharing. And then it just got to the point that, you know what, it's your job. It's – it's um, I. Ford, yes, got all – but if I were to say MVP, like, lights, like, again, you know, I love – Ford did a phenomenal job. Yes, the interceptions count as interceptions, don't matter how you get it, you know, but he, the fumble recoveries and everything, phenomenal job of hustling to the ball, yes. But Jade Barron made some, like – he made himself some money. He made some money. If he another year and he played like that, he, he, DBU might be back. DBU might be back. Some uh, some guys might be going in the first round again. Might be been, back. He's been a minute. Yeah, he played his tail off. He really did. Griff, anything else that uh, that stands out to you? You think is important um, about this football team? This eight and four season where this team is is going i think the biggest thing is like um i know it's texas and i i understand what to me i don't understand what that means because i i say this all the time when this is texas what does that even mean like it, it's 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 a state yes it's a college yes it's longhorns i understand it i am definitely i went to the university of texas i am very appreciative of everything and all my accomplishments but at the same time, a dynasty and anything good takes time. It takes time. And, and I would say have some patience. You ain't got to have a lot of patience, but have some patience. I really feel like the, the, the team, you know, they never experienced winning in the past. I think they were okay with just being okay. Um, but I think after losing – and seeing what it feels like being five and whatever. And I think uh, this team figured out and got a taste of what success really is and what it can do for you and how good it makes you feel. And I think once that starts happening, once guys start developing a culture, guys start realizing that we got to police one another and we got to give it all and stick together and just fight. Um, I can see this team, the, the, that that culture coming back, and, and the fans and family and alumni and everything having more smiles on their faces. But the biggest thing is have a little patience. Little patience. Little patience won't hurt. It yeah. will not hurt because it's been down for a long time, but again on the verge of possibly winning nine games that hasn't happened in over a decade so hey it's that's that's a positive take <laughs> take the take the pot you can't get too greedy take the positives because you that's can right. be you can be like oklahoma right now Ooh. exactly wow. you can be like yeah. oklahoma right now yeah you Ooh. can be like you could be like oklahoma state right now um <laughs> uh, you know there's a lot of schools you can be like right now and and Again, be like Nebraska. 
uh, it's a lot of things that this school can be like. So, you know, just 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 stick with it. I think um, patience. I think Sark is 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 figuring. I th again, he's figuring it out, and I think he's he's doing a phenomenal job. I think he and you saw that. Um, it's funny, funny thing. I was on air and I was talking, and he heard me live, and I was like, and my producer's like, Sark is on, and I'm in the process of like. Listen, he just needs to just run the dang ball. Just run, 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 run. And then I was like, oh, Sark's on. Hey, Sark, how you doing? He's like, I hear you loud and clear. Just run, 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 run. And it was like funny because it was the, it was, it was pretty funny. And then next thing you know, I made a joke. I was like, he'll probably tell me next time you see me, like, you happy now? I ran. And that's when John ran. And then this last week. I, 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 and again, it goes back to like I said, he's learning. You go to the the the, you go to the TCU game. He got away from the run because he felt like it wasn't there. The Baylor game, Bijan had got the ball seven times in the first half. Anybody would have said the run game is not there. Drop back and pass. Ewers loses the ball. Touchdown. He ran the ball. 20 plus times after that. That's right. No passes. Sorry, you were handed off. So I feel like he's learning. Hey, listen, he's just, he's learning. So that's why I said, have some patience. It's a learning process and heading in the right direction, my personal opinion. Well, you're headed in the right direction, my friend. We're looking forward to, okay, so the, the television show will be on Roku. Roku, correct. And what's the title? The cupcake guys. Cupcake guys. Of course Simple. it is. Simple, it. yeah. Cupcake guys on Roku. Uh, look for it in January. Correct. All right. There he is, folks. Michael Griffin. Everybody's still picturing you making that interception against USC in the national championship game whenever they keep, hear your name. That's yeah, keep, keep, keep reminding me my age is coming up. It's on no my way. birthday. It's always no on way, my birthday. Man. The game got played on my birthday. How about that? Yeah, I was 21 that day. January 6th? January 4th. January 4th. How am I doing? January 4th. There it is. So maybe Cupcake Guys will come out on your birthday. I don't know. Best birthday present you can win is the national championship on your That's birthday. That's true. It's hard yeah, to top year. that. Yeah, but every hard year it is, it is hard to top it. Every time you get a year older and you realize how many years it's been. So, so. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, listen, you filled people with so many great memories and you're doing a great job uh on LHN and and uh and everything else you got going man we really appreciate the time always love the conversation appreciate you thank you have a good night all right there he is Michael Griffin for Michael Griffin I'm Chip Brown thanks so much for listening to the flagship podcast until next time stay safe and keep the faith